Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. My name is Rami Ali Jill, and I'm the CEO of People Processes. This is going to be part six of our COVID-19 Q&A. These are just questions that are coming in hot from our various employers and subscribers. We want to help. Before we dive in too deep, uh, today what we're going to be talking about is employer liability concerning this, workers' comp, basically, and this. So we're going to go into kind of the ins and outs of that. Before we do, though, please take a moment to subscribe. It makes a huge difference. You can subscribe on the podcatcher of your choice. That's iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. But also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com. Information is changing quickly. We're providing tons of subscriber-only content like our sample communication letters, furlough notices, uh, charts and explanations for quick reference, all sorts of things, sample policy versions of the FFCRA pieces. We want to get those out to you quickly. Podcasts, hard to get a lot of info out like that. So subscribe to People Processes for us so you can get a copy as well. All right, let's dive right in. Here's the first question. My employee may allege or has alleged that the contracted that they contracted the coronavirus while at work. Will this result in a compensable workers' compensation claim? This is the key question. And the answer is it depends. If the employee is a healthcare worker or a first responder, the answer uh, responder, the answer is likely yes, uh, subject to some variations in state law, but in most cases, absolute darn lootly. For other categories of employees, uh, an actual workers' compensation claim is possible, but the analysis would be very fact-specific. It's important to note that the workers' comp system is a no-fault system, meaning that an employee claiming a work-related injury does not need to prove negligence or anything on the part of the employer. Instead, the employee need only prove that the injury occurred at work and was proximately caused by their employment. Additionally, the virus is not an injury, but is instead analyzed under state law to determine if it's an occupational disease. Those vary. To be an occupational disease, again, with some state law variations, an employee must generally show two things. The illness or disease must be occupational, meaning that it arose out of and was in the course of employment, and the illness or disease must arise out of or be caused by conditions peculiar to the work and creates a risk of contracting the disease in a general, uh, in a greater degree and in a different manner than in the public generally. The general test in determining whether an injury arises out of and in the course of employment is whether the employee was involved in some activity where they were benefiting the employer and were exposed to the virus. Importantly, special consideration would be given to healthcare workers and first responders, as these employees will likely enjoy a presumption that any disease was contracted as a result of their employment. This would also include plant nurses and physicians who are exposed to the virus while at the work site. As for the other categories of employees, compensability for a workers' comp claim is going to be determined by on like a case-by-case basis. The key point will be whether the employee contracted the virus at work or, and whether the contraction of the disease was peculiar to their employment. For example, if they were in full furlough, they never left their house ever, period, no groceries, nothing. The only time they came out was to work in your grocery store. Well, they could have a strong claim that if they get the disease, it's from that. Even if the employer takes all of the right steps to protect their employees from exposure, a compensable claim may be determined 
where the employee can show that they contracted the virus after an exposure. The exposure was peculiar to work and that there were no alternative means of exposure demonstrated. Absent any state legislation on this topic, an employee seeking seeking workers' comp benefits for coronavirus infection would still have to provide the medical evidence to support the claim. Employers who seek to contest such a claim may be able to challenge the allowance if there is another alternative exposure or if the employee's medical evidence is speculative. Finally, employers should be aware that states are taking action on this issue. For instance, Washington Governor Jay Inslee recently directed the Department of Labor and Industries to, quote, ensure workers' compensation protections for healthcare workers and first responders. Responders. I'm sorry for slurring. I have the worst allergies of my life right now. I, can... I promise it's not coronavirus, but anyway, just, just sniffling a little bit. The directive instructs the department, the one from Washington, to change its policies regarding coverage for those two groups and to provide benefits to these workers during the time that they're quarantined after being exposed to COVID-19 on the job. So states are going to change this up. They're going to primarily target first responders and healthcare workers. So let's kind of take a a separate question that came in that's very similar My employee contracted COVID-19 while on a business trip for my company. Maybe they're traveling and they're in one of those countries outside of the United States where this is very more widespread. It's going to depend on whether this is a compensable workers' compensation claim. While an employee who contracts a disease while traveling for business may be eligible for workers' compensation in many jurisdictions, the analysis is going to be very fact-specific. In most states, the workers will still need to satisfy the test for compensability that we just went over. States often differentiate between exposures that occur while, quote, working during a business trip versus exposures that occur, quote, during downtime. Some states create almost strict liability for any injury that occurs on a business trip, whether the employee is working or not. It just depends uh, on the state. But again, to establish a claim, the employee must at a minimum establish that they had an exposure to the coronavirus while traveling for business, not while at home. Anything like this where you're trying to fight the claim is going to be, you need to have it examined on a case-by-case basis under the advice of counsel, under a lawyer. It's just not something that can be done on a broad, uh, you know, sample level like this. Next question. What are the likely benefits an employee will be eligible to receive if the coronavirus is found to be compensable workers' compensation? Okay. Well, the good news is, except in rare circumstances, an employee diagnosed with the virus is not going to have any long-term healthcare problems. Therefore, medical costs associated with the claim are likely to be limited to the visits to the family physician, antiviral medications. More significant cases may involve hospital stays of two to three weeks. The compensation costs should also be limited to the lost time associated to any recovery time. Uh, They may also be associated with lost times due to quarantine as required by the employer or local, state, or federal agencies. So that like 14 days while they're hanging out to determine if they have it while they're waiting on test results, even if it comes back negative, those sorts of things could be compensable. There could be significant costs that are more in in, in extreme and rare situations. That would normally involve complications from the virus. Those would be limited to claimants who are older, suffer autoimmune deficiencies, or, you know, there are cases where this has hit young people and and they are quite sick. Uh, If there are, that would be, you know, workers' comp is, people don't want to make claims, and that's a good thing. But the majority of workers' comp costs come from long-term costs. Even a hospital stay of two to three weeks is expensive. It's you know going to be covered by your workers' comp, but it's not going to have the same long-term impact on your 
workers' comp costs as, say, if they had to have a lung removed and could never breathe right or do their job again for the rest of their life. And that's such a small percentage that it's unlikely that that would have a, a real long, you know, happen in, in your cases, unless you're a very large employer with a very large sample size. I hope this was helpful for you. I hope it kind of gave you some insight into what sort of liability you have. The long and short is if because of their job, they're significantly exposed to the virus uh, as, as a course of their work, then probably is going to be a workers' comp claim. If not, you'd, they'd have to it'd be on them to really prove that this was the way they got it. Thank you for tuning in. Again, my name is Rami Alijil. You can find me at peopleprocesses.com. Please subscribe on there. It's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.